This is Partners in Practice, a weekly series dedicated to the evolving field of the advanced practice clinician. Here is your host physician assistant, Lisa DeAndre Linnell. Malpractice insurance may seem simple at first. You finally found the right job and your employer will just add you to the practice policy. Well, it's not that simple. While employer-provided coverage is common, physician assistants sometimes are better off having their own individual malpractice policy. You're listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. With me today is Jeffrey Nicholson, president of the PA Experts Network, a physician assistant medical legal consulting firm, and president of the American Academy of PAs in Legal Medicine. And he's joining us today to discuss physician assistant malpractice coverage. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to Partners in Practice. Thank you, Lisa. Jeff, PA malpractice, MD malpractice, what's the difference? Well, this can be answered in a couple of ways. First of all, physician assistants and physicians both have to live up to the standard of care for each of their professions. Now, the standard of care for a physician may be the same or it may not be the same as that of a physician assistant. It depends upon their specialty, for example. One could say that a sinusitis is a sinusitis is a sinusitis, and the care is the same whether it's uh, provided by a PA or a physician. But in general, most states now require a physician assistant to testify as to the standard of care of another physician assistant. Physicians are not allowed to testify to the standard of care of a physician assistant. But as far as malpractice coverage that they have to carry, is it the same? Well, each of us has to carry malpractice coverage. Now, is it the same in terms of cost? It really is again, specialty dependent. But we both need to carry malpractice insurance without question. For the majority of PAs, malpractice insurance is covered by their employer. Do you think that's good enough? It depends. Is a person a rider on the MD policy or do you have your own policy? It's extremely important that you get at least a copy of your declarations page of your own malpractice policy and know what type of policy it is. Is it an occurrence policy or is it a claims made policy? Does it have a tail built into it or a retroactive date built into it? These are important questions that one needs to ask. Well, let's go through some of those because I know many PAs that have worked for years and they just assume they have malpractice coverage through their employer and they don't even really know what that coverage is. So first, how do they get that coverage? Sometimes it's difficult, especially if you work in a large organization like a big hospital. Okay. First of all, you should try to get yourself a copy of the declarations page. If they refuse to give you a copy of your policy itself or the declarations page, then you need to speak to an administrator of your institutional setting or your risk management office. You should write down the important questions that you'll need to ask them. If they won't give you an actual copy of the policy, you should be able at least to meet with a representative from the insurance company. You would want to write down all your questions, and the questions that you would need to ask are, do I have my own policy or am I a rider on my physician policy or an umbrella policy of the institution? What type of policy is it? Is it an occurrence policy or is it a claims-made policy? What is the amount of my coverage limit? What is my potential exposure to loss of personal assets? And what are the exact coverage dates? These are the most important things to ask when reviewing your malpractice insurance. All right, so let's say they tell you that you're on a rider policy. What does that mean, and is that good enough? A rider simply means that you are covered as an additional insured person under your physician policy, and these policies are put in place because you are, after all, a descendant practitioner, and it means that you share, then, in the coverage limits of your supervising physician. 
and that you are both covered together as a team. And is that good enough coverage for a PA? In my experience, it has been good enough coverage for a PA. It does not provide the flexibility, for example, after you leave the practice, getting your own policy. If there were shortcomings in that initial policy, there's a little bit less flexibility on being able to pick up a tail when you leave that practice. But my experience has been that it is a good enough policy because you and your supervising physician will be represented together and treated equally and fairly together. So in what cases would a PA consider getting their own malpractice policy? You would get your own policy, first of all, if you're not being covered, if you're moonlighting, for example, for pay and they don't provide that insurance for you. You possibly would need to get it yourself if you're doing some extensive volunteer work. You especially need it if you are an independent contractor. I, for example, am an independent contractor where I do some moonlighting on weekends at a psychiatric hospital and being the medical consultant for the patients there and doing their inpatient histories and physicals. Is there ever a time when you would have more than one policy and having too much insurance is a bad thing? Okay, I'm going to answer that question with a qualified yes, Lisa. One policy would end up being the primary policy. If you did an additional policy, a second policy, that would very likely exclude the provisions in the primary policy. You have to be honest when you do apply and request your own policy as an additional policy about what coverage you already have through your employer. They won't necessarily write a duplicate policy for you, but it would be a secondary policy. You would have to ask if the secondary policy would fill in the gaps of the primary policy if there were any gaps in that particular policy. That would be the reason that you would want it. If it's excess coverage, then you probably would not need it. So a couple questions that I get asked a lot. One is, if you have your own policy, are you more likely to be named in a suit? Does it make you vulnerable to getting sued more? Not necessarily, because you would be staffed together with your supervising MD and under their policy. But if you have your own, okay, there is a situation where it's possibly true that you would make yourself a target because you give the attorneys more money to go after. And that will provide the incentive for them to name you in a suit, even if you were only peripherally involved. And then with being on the rider, I've also heard that sometimes that's not a great thing and makes you more vulnerable because the coverage would focus more on the MD and less on you. Is that true? No. Okay, this is very important because I know there's a lot of confusion out there about this question. And it's been my experience in doing expert case reviews for nine years now where I have never seen a representative attorney who's representing both the physician and the physician assistant turn the table and try to blame the physician assistant. If they're both covered under the same policy, they both have equal representation. I have seen cases where a physician assistant has a separate policy and there will be a representative there from a different law firm representing the interests of the PA and they will sit in on the depositions but I have not found them to be necessarily any additional benefit to the physician-PA policy together if the physician and the PA are named as insured on the same policy. That's good to hear. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Partners in Practice. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Jeffrey Nicholson, president of the PA Experts, a physician assistant medical legal consulting firm, and president of the American Academy of PAs in Legal Medicine. And we're discussing PA malpractice coverage. 
So, Jeff, I want to talk a bit about tail coverage. This is a question that comes up all the time. If I leave my job and I was on a rider policy, am I liable for any of the past acts or do I need to purchase my own tail coverage moving forward? People don't quite understand. Can you fill us in on that? Yes. Okay. First of all, let me explain now the difference between an occurrence policy and a claims-made policy and whether or not a tail is necessary. The best insurance for you is always the occurrence policy because it will cover you indefinitely into the future for lawsuits that will arise even after you're long gone from that particular employment setting and that particular policy. That policy will still cover you because it does not have specific dates written into it that will exclude you from being covered. Okay, The benefits and advantage of the occurrence policy is that you go back to the old policy years after they've lapsed and put a claim against them for incidents that happened while they were enforced. The coverage remains locked for incidents occurring while the policy was enforced, so as long as the insurer is in business. The disadvantages of the occurrence policy is that there's no guarantee that that insurance company that wrote your policy in previous years will be around. Sometimes it takes 15 years even for a suit to go through the court system, and that insurer might not be in business at that time. And then secondly, the limits on an occurrence policy are likely to be inadequate if the claim is made 20 years later after the policy has expired. So even though it covers you, you may not have had enough insurance at that time to cover you because the malpractice claims got higher in the meantime. Now, a claims-made policy is one where it only covers you while you are employed with that company. Some advantages to the claims made is that it's flexible and that you can request a retroactive date that will cover you for time in which your previous occurrence policy expired. So your previous inadequate coverage or more restrictive term exceptions can be broadened out retroactively. The disadvantage of the claims made policy is that when the claim has to be made during the policy period, the occurrence which gave rise to the claim has to fall after the retroactive date of the policy. So the dates are very, very important in terms of the claims made policy. And then lastly, with the claims made, the insured is generally given the option of purchasing coverage for a period of time limited to 36 months following the expiration of the policy. In other words, you can purchase a tail with a claims made policy, so it's a little bit more flexible. But remember, with an occurrence policy, you don't need to buy that tail at all. So what advice do you have for a PA? And if they get the choice and they can choose, does it depend on what type of practice they're in? No, not necessarily. Not at all. I would highly recommend that PAs try to get occurrence policies and that they try to get their own separate policy rather than being a rider on their supervising physician's policy, if at all possible. The occurrence policy is the most protective, even though it's, it's not quite as flexible as the claims made but you shouldn't need to have a rider for a tail on an occurrence policy as you would with a claims-made policy. So the ideal situation is to have an occurrence policy and to have your employer pay for it and have it listed with your name separately. Got it. One of the great aspects of the PA profession is the mobility, and PAs often move to different practices and specialties, and so it would make sense to have an occurrence policy. Correct. Now, what would you expect to spend on an occurrence policy? For a PA to get their own policy, what should they expect to spend for that? Well, it really varies depending upon the specialty, and it also varies by state. Some states have uh, compensation funds, 
which helps keep the cost lower, so it's very state-dependent that way. And certainly an ERPA has a lot greater exposure than, say, a dermatology PA or, or even an urgent care or family practice PA. So it really varies by specialty. A PA should expect to spend several thousand dollars a year on a full-time policy. That's not true now for a moonlighting policy, which are now also available. And does the cost go up or does it go down with experience? Well, it depends, again, on the type of policy. An occurrence policy is going to have the same cost right up front because there's no expiration date on it. But a claims-made policy, the first year is going to cost less than the second, less than the third, less than the fourth, less than the fifth. So it's going to go up for about five years until it peaks off because you are gaining greater exposure for each year that you carry that claims-made policy. So let's jump over to personal assets. When are your personal assets at risk? Your personal assets are at risk when you don't have sufficient coverage or when you refuse to settle against the advice of your insurance carrier. Most of the time, personal assets are not at risk and you've got plenty of coverage, but you've got to make sure that your limits are adequate. Okay, usually the limits are $1 million per occurrence and $3 million per aggregate, but you want to make sure that those limits cover both legal fees and court awards. In other words, what the court awards as damages. And they must cover, quote, expenses without limitation. And what that phrase means is that the attorney's fees will be covered in full no matter how high they might get. And where should a PA go to look for malpractice? Well, I would suggest a couple of places. Certainly, the American Academy of Physician Assistants works with an excellent and very knowledgeable malpractice insurance carrier. I would certainly look for them, especially with they have a great moonlighting policy right now, and I actually carry the one myself. It costs about $1,500, and that covers me for 10 hours a week of moonlighting work, which I think is fairly reasonable, and that's an occurrence policy. But there are also many other insurers now that are out there that can be found just by doing a search on the Internet. So where can PAs get more information about this topic? Well, I was just a couple of things. One, the American Academy of PAs has a link to insurance issues, and also I'm currently the president of the American Academy of Physician Assistants in Legal Medicine, and we are also developing informational resources on insurance issues on our website, which is www.aapalm.org. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're very welcome, Lisa. I'd like to thank my guest, Jeffrey Nicholson, for taking the time to help us understand physician assistance and malpractice so we can all practice safely. You've been listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD. You can download this program and any other program in our library at ReachMD.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening.